Matt, this episode of the Apple Circle podcast has many good things going for it. We got some messages coming in from listeners. It's Friday. It's a three-day weekend. I mean, we're off to a great start here. What a what a way to to kick it off. And we've got some very interesting Apple news to talk about with some really weird contradictions to things we have discussed before. But we'll get to that in a bit. Uh, but Matt, happy Friday. How, how, how you doing? Welcome back. Pretty good. Pretty good. It's nice that it's Friday. We were just talking about before the show. We haven't had a three-day weekend in a long time. And even though, you know, we're working from home, it's definitely not a, you know, relaxation time. <laughs> like, we're, we're pedal to the metal working. So it's going to be nice to, you know, kick back a little, have a little relaxation. And uh, I guess it's a good way to end it with uh, the Apple Circle podcast. I feel like there was like a little lull of tech news, but then it came back with like a fury like companies are adapting now and now there's like a bunch of stuff happening and a lot of stuff to cover new hardware from microsoft uh we got uh oh well i guess new ipad and some some new stuff from apple i mean hey everybody's everybody's changing with the times that's that's cool to see but before we jump into uh, all our news and, and fun stuff we have uh, some messages matt some people have nicely texted into the apple circle hotline if you want to text call send us a, a voicemail for yourself you can call us or however you'd like to communicate our number is 949-354-3508 you can call us you can text us uh, a thought about apple a message uh, a question uh, a question about what you should buy uh, a tech support issue we would love to help and we actually got two messages thank you guys so much for uh messaging us on the hotline we got two let's start with brants brants i uh, was very kind and sent us a message before a couple weeks ago and He's back and he says, Hey, Apple Circle Podcast. Uh, Brant's here. And my question for this week's show uh, Watch OS. Other than sleep tracking, what do you think is the one obvious feature Watch OS is missing? And Matt, I will pass that to you for your response. Really, the Apple Watch does pretty much everything I personally need it to do. Really, I would want it to just do more advanced tracking of what it already does. So like just be better at the different kind of tracking. I know there's runners out there who wish the running was more precise and give you more features like like more GPS features, like something with the, like what you get with a Garmin or um, as I'm talking, I'm trying to think of what I want and I really cannot think of anything. But in general, like not just for me, but in general as a good thing, I think what would be interesting is we've heard these rumors of a few things, uh, glucose monitor. So for people with have diabetes, apparently they've been working on this for a while and it's more of an FDA approval type thing. That is why it's kind of delayed. But imagine, you know, you would never have to prick your finger again to get a little drop of blood because your watch can just tell you what your blood sugar levels are. That would be not only game changing for the industry, but life changing for people that actually need that kind of stuff. Like everyone who has diabetes would buy an Apple watch. And that's something that they've been working on. It would be cool to see. I don't think that's coming this year, but it would be cool to see. Another thing, especially with like coronavirus going around, is a blood oximeter. I think that's what they call it. That's where uh, blood oxygen levels. Apparently, that is pretty, I don't want to say easy, but like it's definitely doable with just light. So the same way that it reads your um, uh, pulse and what your heart rate is doing, apparently you can do that with your blood oxygen levels as well. In fact, if you've ever had your blood oxygen levels read, they clip this little thing on your finger, it shines a light, you see it like glowing, your fingers all red, and then it tells you what your blood oxygen levels are. And for day-to-day -day use, like it's not really that useful, but if your blood oxygen levels are really low, it's kind of the same thing as if your heart rate is low, like you can get that alert on your watch. It would just be another useful 
uh, proactive thing to have. So if something, you get that notification on your watch, you you don't know exactly what's going on, you can at least check up on it and hopefully avoid anything worse that might happen in the future. Those are two things I can think of off the top of my head. I think it's mainly just a lot of health stuff. And I think the sleep tracking goes on top of that. For me personally, I don't really care about sleep tracking that much, but I, I see the usefulness in it. I know, Berto, you're a lot more interested in the sleep tracking. I am one of the weird people that wears a old Apple Watch just to specifically track my sleep. I use, uh, there's a couple of apps you can use. I think I got Auto Sleep. And what's cool about that is you put the watch on and you don't have to really do anything. It just will track through your heart rate when you go to bed and then it'll give you all this, like, I don't know, statistics in the morning, like how well you slept, uh, what your deep sleep level was, how many times you woke up. And I will say like, I don't know if it's just the old generation Apple Watch or it's just like working with like limited hardware, but it's not always super accurate. Like it's maybe just a the app thing because like this morning it's like, oh, you woke up at 6.30. It's like, oh, I actually woke up at seven, but like there's no real way for me to like adjust that manually. It just, it's either I woke up at 6.30 or I woke up at 7.30. Like there's no way to go in between, but that's another tangent for another day. So suffice it to say, yes, I would love to see sleep tracking really built into an Apple watch though. My concern with that is battery life. I don't know if you could, I don't know if I'd feel comfortable wearing the watch for a full 24 hours with uh, the sleep tracking and then taking it off to charge just kind of seems like a hassle. So I, I'm curious to see what Apple has to do with that. But I think besides kind of what Matt said with more health stuff, I think what watchOS is missing is independence from the iPhone. I think that we've talked about this before in previous episodes. The Apple Watch is still too dependent on the iPhone, specifically for the setup and the restore process and the switching between phones. It's awful in its current iteration and i think that for watch os to evolve and get better i don't know if it needs to completely cut contact from the iphone like i don't know if we're going to get to this dream scenario where you can use apple watch on android like i don't know if we're ever going to get there but i just think that watch os needs to evolve to become more independent and can do basic things. It should be able to do uh, pairing all on its own. It shouldn't need to uh, sync back and forth for the phone. I think that, correct me if I'm wrong, Matt, but can it now, it can get its own updates, right? It doesn't, re does it still transfer over Bluetooth or does it get its own software updates? I'm not sure how it's doing it in the back end, but the last time I had an Apple Watch update, it did update through my phone. Like it, it prompted yeah. me on my phone and, but I'm not sure where it's actually getting it from. It would be nice uh, if yeah, yeah. it could do its own updates and just like stuff like that. I, I would just like to see like the underlying watch OS technology evolve to where you could do more on it without being so tied to the iPhone. And there's still things I think that it's a little bit too complicated to do in watch OS and stuff like that. So honestly, if they could just take a, another year and just, you know, add this stuff, but like really like work on the underlying issues with watch OS and making it more dependent, just speed up the, the process of pairing and let me be able to pair it uh, to different devices without having to wipe it completely. That would be super nice to see. So that's, that's on my list yeah. is something I, that's I'd a good like. point. That's a good point. I, that's one of those things I just never think about because how often are you really doing it? But when you need to, it's such a pain. So yeah, definitely. I agree. That needs to, that needs to get fixed. I agree. So Brantz, thank you so much. Thank you for sending in that question. I hope we answered it. Uh, and again, phone number guys, it is 949-354-3508. One more, Matt, we can tackle here. This is from Dario. Thank you, Dario, for texting. He says, hi, guys. Uh, I am starting a stickers business from home and I definitely want to need to update my gear. I'm thinking 
of a MacBook Pro and an external display, but the iPad Pro intrigues me, uh, but not sure if it would be a good uh, fit as my main computer. It's still an iPad. Thoughts are appreciated. Thanks in advance. By the way, great podcast. Keep up the good work, guys. First off, Dario, thank you very much. We appreciate you. Thank yeah, you for thanks. listening. Uh, and Matt, again, I'm going to feel this to you because as someone who owns a an older iPad that I feel like I can't really speak to the full advantage of iPadOS <laughs> and all that. So as someone who's up to date with iPad and uses this thing every day, what do you think about it being a, a, not only your main computer, but your main computer that you can run your business off of? So interestingly, I'm not... I'm kind of in a similar situation. I haven't told anyone about this, but I'm starting a kind of merch slash, I don't know what to call it exactly, but it's a, it's a website. It's called Best Coat Supply. I'm going to be selling hats and t-shirts and stickers, which is exactly what you asked about. So that's another thing. I just finished designing like my sticker pack so I can actually talk exactly about what you're, what you're uh, thinking about here, which is very coincidental. But the way that I did it is both. So I started all my designs on the iPad Pro and basically finished them there. Like I, I started with the sketches in Procreate. I brought it into Photoshop and like uh, made it a little bit, or not Photoshop, but um, I forgot what my vector app is called. I have a vector app. I can't remember. I think it's called Graphic. Uh, and made it a vector image. Then I brought it into Photoshop to make it look correct. But for me, since I have the Mac already, I also just transferred it over and finished it there and then uploaded it to purchase the stickers and everything like from my printer. So I have the luxury of doing both. If you needed just one, it's tough. I would say right now, just get the MacBook because you know it will do everything you need to do. And most likely you already have a desktop computer that you're used to using. So whether or not that's a Mac or a PC, like you, you've probably used one before. So I would just get the new Mac. You're already used to it, especially when you're trying to start a business. Like you don't want to, you don't want your computer to be the thing that's costing you money um, in the end of the day. So that would be my recommendation, get the Mac. But I still think like if for whatever reason you just really wanted the iPad, you can 100% do it all on the iPad, especially for what you were talking about. Like that kind of design stuff, creating stickers, like 100% can be done on an iPad. It's just about what you're used to. And when you're starting a business, having those limitations out of the way is just a little easier. Yeah, my only concern would be like, and I guess you could speak to this because you've started to do it, Matt, like what is it like, not even the creation, but file management and like working with like these backend systems for like websites and like uploading your designs for like a printing shop, like is that all like, pretty much hassle free on iPad OS? Like, can you do that without having issues? Or is it better to rely on a computer? It's, I mean, it really depends what services you're using, but I'm using Squarespace. Uh, that's fine. Like I, I didn't design my website on my iPad, but you basically can. Like now you have the full web, a desktop version of, of the website here on the iPad. So like you can pretty much do all that stuff and you can upload uh, images and all that kind of stuff. Like it's definitely different in the way that you do it. Like you have to save it to specific places. Like just not not because you need to, but just to make sure in your head you know where everything is. For instance, uh, you know mo you can mainly like save an image into your camera roll, but that gets really confusing really fast because you just have this list of stuff that's not labeled. It's kind of just random. So you want to you know make a files folder in the files app so that you can organize. It's the same thing that you're doing on the Mac, really. It's just a different look and feel I, I would just say like don't be afraid of don't be afraid that you're not gonna be able to do something you probably can it's just gonna be a different way of doing it so what would you recommend in terms of hardware would you 
go with a MacBook Pro? Would you go with a MacBook Air? Would you go with maybe a lesser powerful MacBook Air and then maybe buy uh, one of the, um, like the 329 iPad? Like, do you think there's like a, a combination there or... What are your thoughts on that? Because that's what I'd be curious to like, you know, kind of go with a, a little bit of a lesser spec Mac and try an iPad and see what I could, what would work. I guess that's a, that's one way to do it. My worry is, is more just like when you're trying, like I said before, like when you're trying to make a business out of it and it's something you're trying to have make you money, it's like, why risk it? Why not just get the thing that you know works? Yeah. So it's more like if you have that option to get an iPad, then I probably would try like the 329 iPad, the cheap entry level iPad, because for the most part, it's going to do everything the iPad Pro is going to do. It's just going to be a little slower, but you're going to be able to use an Apple Pencil. You're going to be able to, you know, uh, take it with you everywhere. You know, it's a tablet still. So pretty much everything you can do on the Pro, you can do there. Uh, it's more just about how much are you willing to risk to get where you want to go. Mm-hmm. And I still think, I still think just get the Mac. It's the better option. Yeah, that, that's what I'd agree with. I, I think the Mac is the safest. You know that it's going to work. And then if you wanted to change your business or you wanted to evolve and grow and just like it's the safest choice and it'll, you know that it'll let you do everything you want to do um, now and moving into the future where with the iPad, there might be some workarounds. I think though that I would definitely look at the 329 iPad or maybe buying a used iPad to go in conjunction with your Mac. So you have the Mac, you know it works, but if you want to try that iPad and try iPadOS and see what can be done, even if you just want to do like some, you know, drawing and illustration or stuff like that, I think that that is definitely a way to go. So yeah, I think that's the main thing that you're getting from the iPad that you can't do on the Mac. Pretty much everything you can do on your Mac, you can basically do on your iPad. But not everything you can do on your iPad, you can do on your Mac because I have the Apple Pencil and I can draw right on the screen. And that is the biggest benefit I found with the iPad. That's why I started all my designs here because I was drawing in Procreate. That's not really something I can easily do unless I buy third-party accessories on the Mac. So if you can get, like you said, one of those cheaper iPads, I think that's definitely the way to go. Dario, I hope that helps. Again, guys, if you want to text us, call us, whatever, you got a question, we would love to uh, help you out with however we can. I hope we were able to help Brantz and Dario. So thank you guys so much. Okay, so now, Matt, let's let's talk about, of course, the news of the week. Two, I guess, like big stories to discuss. We have some new information on Apple Glass or Apple Glasses or whatever those things are. And then we have some interesting news on Apple TV Plus. So which one do you want to dive into first? Because both are pretty interesting. Let's let's get Apple TV out of the way. Okay. So I thought this was very interesting. I think this came out, uh, I want to say midweek or early of the week, whatever it was. Um, and it gives some context. So we had talked about Apple TV Plus before and how we were uh, a little lukewarm to the service and how Apple could improve it by making some original documentaries, more kind of not Tiger King, but like more like Tiger King asks some, get some lively lifestyle in there. Like get something that's a little less scripted. They need some unscripted stuff, which I think would be really cool. So not only did I see that Apple was planning to do some of that, I think based off of, I haven't seen it, um, The Last Dance, you know, that uh, Michael Jordan documentary, I believe. I'm sorry if yes. I'm wrong on this. Yeah, so I think that that... I haven't seen it either, but yeah. That's I, hear it's, I hear it's great. I hear it's amazing. And I, I um, Apple apparently was a kind of, I don't know, pushed by that or inspired by that. Like, but, but in that vein, they're going to be doing some stuff like that for Apple TV+. Plus. But the other thing I saw was that Apple is in talks uh, with 
distributors or studios or content uh, houses to start to purchase back catalogs to add to Apple TV+. And what I thought was interesting and why I wanted to talk to you about this is because Apple's been like against this for the beginning. And someone had just said that even back at the last earnings call, which was a couple of weeks ago for Apple, Tim Cook specifically said, you know, Apple TV Plus, we're focused on originals. Like we're not really interested in, in building out a back catalog. You know, this is what you're getting. Uh, so that's why I think this is such a big shift for the service. And what are your thoughts? Do you think that... First off, what content would you like Apple to acquire that would make it worthwhile? And do you think this is even the right move? Should Apple already kind of start to backpedal and start to build in a back catalog of stuff to watch? Or should they stay the course with these originals? Because they really haven't had... The Morning Show's probably been the biggest hit they've had. But besides that, there just hasn't been anything that's been a big draw for the platform. Yeah. No, I definitely want them to do it. My the more I think about it, the more I'm confused. What are they actually going to get? Because, okay, at least from the shows that are kind of popular and that you would think would make sense for the platform as as it stands now, you would think Netflix, okay, well, they're not going to give you any of their shows, obviously. Um, Disney Plus, they're not going to give you any of their stuff either because they just started their service and it's doing really well, so why would they do that? HBO, maybe there's a partnership to be had there because Apple obviously has way more money to throw at HBO than... Uh, well, HBO is owned by AT&T though, right? That and HBO is starting their own... HBO Max, their right. own they have their thing. own. They have their so, own. Yeah. And then, okay, NBC, Get Friends and The Office and all that. Okay, well, they're starting Peacock. That's not going to happen. Like, I just don't see where they're going to get these... <laughs> what content are they going to get? Like, are they going to start reaching out to YouTubers and get their <laughs> catalogs on? Like, I'm, I, I just... Obviously, Apple has money to throw at this so they can throw some crazy number at one of these companies and get some of their stuff. But what I think maybe I don't there's no rumor of this or anything, but I think what would be more interesting to me, at least, because I, I don't really care about using multiple apps. I'm perfectly fine with that. It would be, I think, a killer deal if for $7.99, 10 bucks, let's say, whatever, you get Apple TV Plus plus Disney Plus as a bundle. I think that makes the most sense to have Disney content because they obviously have a partnership, you know, over the years, they've always worked closely together. It makes the most sense to me. I don't know how they would do that, but <laughs> I, yeah. What do you think? I think that absolutely makes the most sense. And that's the thing is like, there's everybody's got their own streaming platform now. And like you got Hulu, you got HBO Max, you've got Peacock, you've got Disney Plus, like you've, everybody's got their own thing. So I don't know where Apple is intending to pull from. They're going to have to pull from someone who has a uh, service that's already established because if they pull from like something you've never heard of, like some weird back catalog, then who cares? Like that's just, no one's going to want, Apple's not going to pull old uh, junk that nobody wants to see. So it's got to yeah, be good. Sci-fi channel. Right. Like, give me Sharknado 3 or whatever. And I guess the only <laughs> thing I can think of is like maybe there's something to be said about like them pulling some cool movie catalog and i think that movie movie could make sense. yeah and that was the big thing that i remember before apple tv plus launched everyone was like oh like what if you could have a subscription service to itunes where you could oh, rent yeah, movies like because you know apple has all these deals with these production companies and distributors like they obviously like apple movie rentals and tv show rentals is a big deal or it was a big deal you think that those relationships would be uh, very valuable in a situation like this. But I agree that if it's going to be one content 
company that matches with Apple best and that has a library that best complements Apple TV Plus, it's going to be Disney Plus. And obviously, there's a very close relationship between Apple and Disney. So I would not be surprised if that happens. I think what's tough is that you can't really like combine the two because Disney Plus is doing, you know, great on its own. So it'd be weird to like kind of, I guess like if Disney Plus wasn't doing really good, you could like absorb the assets of Disney Plus and Apple TV Plus, like that would make sense. But you can't do that because it's so good. So I guess, like you said, there's got to be some kind of bundle deal for 10 bucks. So that makes sense. But I, I don't know. I saw that headline and I thought it was interesting because we had specifically talked about that it was weird that Apple, you know, wasn't doing that and they were they were totally going against that. And like since the beginning, they have been very anti-back catalog. But now the tides are changing and I'm really curious to see what could happen. Have you watched, Matt, recently uh, Defending Jacob, the new Apple TV Plus show? No, but Alexa watch, is watching it and she likes it. She watches it every, I guess, new episodes out today. It comes out on Fridays. She likes it a lot and she's like, ooh, new episode, like, she's looking forward to it uh i i probably would like it if i watched it i just have no interest <laughs> i it had to it, for me i'm not the target demographic of really any of these streaming platforms it takes a lot for me to like sit down and actually watch tv yeah i just i saw it come out and i just haven't watched it because again i just don't really have an interest i i am curious to see what happens though in the fall when presumably the one-year trial or one-year free whatever we got for buying iPhones and stuff when that runs up I wonder how many people will resubscribe and uh continue to watch stuff on the content or uh, watch stuff on the platform there just hasn't been anything I know that they're adding stuff but again I just we've talked about this before I don't mean to go over it again but I, I have not seen anything recently that's been something I'll be like oh I gotta watch that on Apple TV plus I, I still yeah. think it's 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 a problem I don't know what they're gonna do but they need to either have more shows or more movies. Maybe they need to do Apple TV. Plus. Well, no, they did that. The Banker was their original movie, which I haven't yeah, watched. Yeah, they have movies. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. I, th yeah. I still think they need to well, do documentaries or something. I think so. They just need that. What? They need that one hit. And they had, you know, the morning show and some of the other ones that came out when they first launched that were pretty popular, but it was mainly because it was a new service. So that, I think that's why it was popular. They need that show that's popular because everyone wants to watch it. And, you know, I'm looking at some of the numbers here. It's not officially released. I don't think Apple releases these numbers, but people familiar with the matter uh, say, you know, there's 10 million signups for Apple TV Plus as of February. That's probably grown since, like, all the quarantine stuff. But um, interestingly, only half of those people have act actually used the service and actively use it. So 5 million. And then when you look at everyone else, Disney Plus did 10 million users on the day it launched. <sighs> And now has 50 million subscribers. 50 million. Yeah. Netflix has 182 million subscribers. I mean, it, it, the, I think one of the biggest problems is that people just don't even know it exists. Yeah. And I just, I don't know what it would take to get them there, but it's crazy. And I will say I, I was not a really big fan of Disney Plus either, but then I did the trial and I'm like, I kind of like this. And it's like what, five, six bucks. Like, okay, it's worth it. So like... 50 million, like, and I, you got to imagine a good percentage of those are uh, actively using it. And I guess, I mean, Disney's model worked out. They have an enormous back catalog that obviously they invested a lot of money to get back, but it's working for them. So huh, I, I don't know what the future of Apple TV Plus is, but I am really curious to see if this is true, what in the world they could acquire as a back catalog. I think that they should go after 
try to get some movies because that would probably be you know i think disney still makes the most sense to me but since it's such a giant in media like that could be tough but i still like i'm thinking about it more i still think the warner media which is what owns warner brothers time warner which kind of sucks but um and hbo so they own warner brothers and hbo so warner brother ton of great movies and I guess they make TV shows too, but ton of great movies. HBO, ton of great shows. That seems like it's actually possible for a partnership. Plus AT&T, Apple's worked with AT&T since the beginning of the iPhone. So like that seems kind of possible to me. But again, it's that whole HBO's coming out with their own streaming service. So why would they do that? Plus Dish Network, which is also owned by Warner Media, they have their own streaming thing. AT&T has their own streaming thing. Like, there's so much. It's so confusing. But I think, uh, yeah, I didn't even think about movies. That seems like an interesting way to go. Okay, so now I'm just just out of curiosity. I'm looking up right now, as you hear my keyboard clacking, what is Warner Media? They're a, are they not a publicly traded company? They've got to be a publicly I'm looking company. to see. I'm looking to see like what their market cap is. Because what, what if, like, in this crazy scenario, Apple's like, you know what? We we want to go after them. We want this, and we're just going to acquire Warner Media because that would be an enor- or like at least acquire all their content. That would be, you know, that purchase would give them so much content to work with. I don't know why I can't. Oh, so apparently, apparently Warner Media is not the parent company. AT and T is AT and T. So yeah, let's see. So AT and T's market cap is wow. Okay, so it's two hundred. Is it really 212? <laughs> it's 212 that billion. That makes sense. Yeah. So AT&T is a huge company. Like, but let's say Apple paid, let's say they're paying big bucks, like 50 billion for- Well, Warner the, Warner Media, I'm looking right here. Warner Media, their revenue is 33 billion. So let's say Apple's like, you know, we're going to throw you a bone. We're going to do, you know, we'll take your yearly revenue and do it by, you know, 60, 70%. Let's say like they give them like 40, 45 billion dollars for it. And Apple just acquired that content. Now you have- Warner Brothers content. You have all the content that be on HBO. You have, um, I mean, just that. I, I'm dreaming of this scenario that probably would never happen. But that would that was always the rumor too, right? That Apple would just acquire one of these companies just to give themselves an immediate leg up with content because that's what they'd have to well, do. That's, and that's what they did with Beats to get their streaming music service up up off the ground, and that worked. I mean, Apple Music's incredibly popular at this point, so it's like. It obviously worked in the past, and they do that with a ton of different products. Siri, for instance, they just bought that company. Obviously, a much smaller scale, but like they do that a lot. Uh, I I wonder how much of it is a like they just kind of it's like a stuck between a rock and a hard place. They have nowhere to run anymore because all these companies have their own services that they want to work and will work because HBO. Everyone loves HBO, um, and then. But then also they have their own service that needs more stuff and they just like they have nowhere to go. They just kind of have to just keep <laughs> keep it, hoping. You know, almost if you think about it, HBO makes sense. Kind of like you said, everybody loves HBO. Like you got Game of Thrones, you got Silicon Valley, you've got Succession. Like talk about flagship TV. That right now is uh, it's HBO and Netflix kind of. But like if you like talk about like, like really good shows, like it's HBO. And I wonder if, like, maybe that's just a really good match for Apple TV Plus. Like, if they want that to be known as the place for premier shows, what's better than HBO? So, you know, I'm looking at. Uh, I didn't click the expanded of Warner Media to see what's included in Warner Media, but I still think this makes the most sense because now I'm looking. Okay, Warner Brothers for movies. Then you've got HBO, which we already talked about. Viacom, which is great. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, NBC Universal, so more movies. Uh, 21st Century Fox, even more movies. CBS, they've got TV. NBC, so they've got Peacock, but who cares really at this point? It's not even a thing yet. I think this, I don't think it's going to happen, but I think that would make the most sense. That would be the biggest competition to Disney+. Plus. Because uh, they have Fox and uh, all the Disney stuff and Star Wars and Marvel and all that stuff. So that would be the biggest competition. It'd be Netflix versus Disney versus Apple. I mean, or... It's I, not going to happen, but... <laughs> I mean, I, I, I guess Hulu, but eh, like Hulu... I nah, mean, Hulu, Hulu, has, Hulu good, has no chance against those. Yeah, Hulu has some some good stuff, but I think the HBO would be the prestige. I don't know. Okay, I guess that's interesting. So we'll see. Let's mark this date down right now. It's May 22nd. Let's see in a year or two years or whatever if this actually happens. But if it does happen, if Apple ever acquires Warner Media, you heard it here first on the Apple Circle podcast <laughs> that we speculated this would happen. So, so a lot- Oh, wait, I lied. Hold on. I totally read this entirely wrong. <laughs> this, this is embarrassing. <laughs> I'm going to leave it in the podcast. Correction, correction. <laughs> they don't own any... What I was reading was the people also search for... <laughs> <laughs> so uh scratch that actually this makes even more sense now <laughs> this the whole last five minutes is totally useless hbo cinemax tbs tnt true tv so that's what they own officially so, so that actually stuff. makes more sense they yeah, probably that I makes more sense though the nbc catalog would be really good and obviously apple has uh i remember i was watching the original iphone keynote and they had like an office clip like obviously like there is a relationship there between apple and nbc so like that would also be another good one but i think warner media makes the most sense so We'll see. We'll see what happens. Also, I will say, <laughs> aside to this, Warner Media aren't they like uh, huge in music too? Uh, don't they have like a huge uh, record label? Probably. Let me see. Warner I mean, sure. isn't it Warner Music is like their. I don't know. I'm just saying that maybe there are some fringe benefits Time here. What's Time Warner? Warner, Warner Music Group. Yeah. So there you go. Yep. Yeah, there you go. Apple. Apple. If you're listening. Maybe this is a good chance to see some of that cash reserve and just start buying up companies. So, Matt, beyond uh, Apple TV Plus, uh, we had talked last week a pretty good amount on these like Apple glasses, and we got a lot of information this week, and there's a lot to kind of mull over here. A lot of contradiction. I'll say, I don't know if you saw, I saw John Prosser and Mark Gurman going battle. back and forth on Twitter <laughs> that, you know... You know, John Prosser has a very good track record of stuff, and he's obviously got got really good sources in Apple, but Mark Gurman's tried and true. is like, hey, like, you're wrong on this. So who knows what is actually the case? But I think the coolest thing from all of this that I've heard, the, the co- two pieces of information I heard this week that were coolest as a kind of a follow-up to last week, one is that these glasses would work with prescription lenses. Hallelujah. And also that there would be a starting price tag model of 500 bucks. Which, yeah, I that is very unlike Apple in any. I mean, I guess the iPad was five hundred bucks when it launched, but that's just like very. I, I would imagine it to be double that or triple that. So five hundred bucks, that's like a a whole new uh, barrier to entry has been opened up that allows a lot of people to get their hands on this. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, that's that's a crazy low price, and I guess it puts it in line with like the Apple Watch. The Apple Watch is a similar price when that came out. So it's like, I guess their wearable market is in this price range. If that's the case, then that, like you said, that makes it a whole different game where no longer you have to spend $1,500, $1,000 to just try this new product that may or may not be good. Eh, 500 bucks, like obviously it's still expensive, but there's a lot more people that can afford 500 versus 1,000 for an accessory. So that, uh, is interesting. One thing that apparently John Prosser has actually seen like one of these early uh, products. So 
I guess his source, whoever that is, showed him a video of, it was still a prototype, it was made out of plastic and everything, but I'm looking at his video that he made talking about it and his thumbnail, I'm assuming that he made his thumbnail of these glasses based on that. And if that's the case, what we're looking at here looks not great. <laughs> it's like a bar over your head or a bar that would go kind of across your eyebrows and then glasses like normal glasses on the side to go over your ears and then no frame on the bottom where your where the lenses would be. And I guess for a, a product that makes sense in terms of like functionality, but the way it looks is that's not good. Yeah, it looks very uh, Cybertruck in a sense. Yeah, that's exactly what it looks like, actually. It's very yeah, it's like punk, uh, punk sci-fi, kind of very weird. Yeah. So that's still like like we were saying last week. That's still the biggest question. Like, how's how is this going to work? In how's this going to work next year and actually be good? That's its own question. How is it going to look? Because in order to wear this all day. It needs to look good. We did get the answer that it's going to have prescription lenses, which it obviously had to, but that's a good thing. How is that going to work when you buy it? Like, well, you're see, obviously not going to be able to buy it in a store. Not only that, but glasses. how much more is it going to be? 200 bucks more? $300 more for the prescription lenses? Right. The entry level is 499 So that's for people with perfect eyes. Yeah. For me and you, we're going to have to wait a few weeks exactly. to actually get it. And... Yeah, like you said, like, because when you, I have a pair of sunglasses that I got with prescription lenses, just normal sunglasses, and that cost me an extra 200 bucks. And that was just normal glasses. Yeah. So, so I don't know. The, yeah, that's going to be, we're going to be paying a thousand bucks. I bet. Yeah. I, I will say this. I will have to make sure that my, I have my, my most current. Uh, prescription oh, true. saved in a PDF. So when the orders go on sale, because you probably you know, have to type it in and how they always do it. and <laughs> Or maybe by then there'll be like some cool like AR thing that you can use to like measure. I don't know how they do that. But I feel like you're right. It's going to only be like double the price, but we're going to have to wait twice as long to get them. I, I would not be surprised <laughs> if it's $4.99. Uh, but if you want prescription lenses, yeah, it's going to be available in three months. So It's going to be like the LTE version of the yeah. Apple Watch where you have to pay like the starting price sounds great, but you're going to have to pay a lot for the one yeah. you want. Which, uh, if the idea, uh, the promise comes through on these, and I'm okay for because I think it's really cool, and I guess maybe I'm an idiot, but I'm like, well, if I already thought they were going to be a 1000 bucks, and if they're like 800 maybe that's not that bad. <laughs> but I, It's like a bargain at this point. It just, this would be, it's setting up to be one of the biggest different Apple products we've seen probably since the Apple Watch. Like, this is supposed to be a big deal. So I'm, I'm really curious to see what comes of this. The thing that is interesting to me is we we knew the 2021 release date, which, uh, you know, that who knows what that really means, or early 2022. Like, that could be pushback or whatever. But what's more interesting to me is that this apparently was m supposed to actually be announced with the next iPhone, the iPhone 12, in the fall. Um, apparently it's been pushed back to now March in 2021, but that's not far away at all. So that means, that means these are actually, you know, functional and they actually work because apparently the reason they got pushed back for the announcement is not because they don't work, but because of the coronavirus. So we can't actually get together and like, I guess for demos and stuff like that, it wouldn't be the best way to introduce a product like this. Um, so that would tell me that they actually work and they're functional, obviously not ready for production, but pretty close. And that kind of blows my mind. I, I don't understand how that's possible. Yeah. And also, like, if it's really that close to production and we haven't gotten, like, really any leaks on it over the past couple of years, that'll be 
Very interesting. The one, exciting. The one thing, Matt, <laughs> let me ask you this. So, like I said, John Prosser has a very good track record so far, but one of the rumors that he's kind of getting some criticism for is there's a rumor that he is... Well, I guess he's the one that started the rumor. He's claiming that Apple is working on a Steve Jobs Heritage edition of the glasses that have, I'm assuming, the round uh, frames. What's funny is I'm reading the Mac Rumors article. John Prosser claims Apple is working on Steve Jobs Heritage Edition AR glasses. German calls rumor complete fiction. So these these two are kind of going back and forth, but. What do you think about this? Am I the only one that thinks that's kind of weird? I, I just I cannot see. Not only does that seem weird, but it almost, in a sense, as Apple so carefully talks, mentions anything with, with having to do with Steve Jobs. Like they're so careful about that. This seems seems such. It seems gimmicky. Yeah, I can't see them doing that at all. I mean, that's obviously that style of glasses is not limited to Steve Jobs. Like those are those are glasses you can buy. So, it's that's not the problem. It's just if they actually called it that, that'd be weird. Almost in a, in some way, like almost offensive. Like it, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, apparently, Prosser said that they've seen a prototype. Like I said, he's seen the prototype. Um, I'm reading here that it's supposed to look something like Ray-Ban Wayfarers, which is a very classic design. That makes much more sense. Get Steve Jobs out of here. Don't try to gimmick it up. Don't have a $10,000 Apple Watch edition, you know, mess up again. Like, we, we don't need to go there. And it seems weird. Yeah, I'm looking at like the the tweets between German and Prosser going back and forth, and I, I I don't think it's bad that there's a design. Or I think what what's cool, what would be cool with all of this is like imagine if like during this demo or the keynote, like they're able to like reference some like never before seen like footage or like audio recordings of like Steve Jobs like working on this, you know, like Apple's working on this kind of like That'd the iPad. Cool. That would be super cool. But I think to That's do different. The, that, that makes sense. The but. Steve Jobs edition, that just seems so weird. And most people don't even care about Steve Jobs. They don't know who he is. They don't care. That's like a very all the, nerd thing. All the young people were he died in 2010, right? I think. 2010, 2011, something like that. Something something like that. So that's 10 years ago. People who are 20 right now were 10 years old. Like, nobody yeah. knows who he is, yeah. except for, you know, people who are a little older. I think, you know, I was reading the comments, which you should never do, but I was reading the comments. I think what makes more sense for this is that um, since John Prosser has been really spot on lately, uh, maybe Apple is giving employees some bad news mm. and seeing who is actually the leaker here. That That's makes true. a lot more sense to me. That's true. Yeah, someone said that in the comments. I was like, that makes way more sense. Because, you know, it sounds like something that it, it's obviously possible that Apple would do this, but it it's, it sounds so silly. I just, I, I would love to know the inner workings of these leaks and Apple and how they manage leaks. Like, I just want to know, like, what as an Apple employee compels you to risk your job to give what do you get out information of information to yeah i mean like just like the personal satisfaction like knowing you were like oh i'm so sneaky like look at me like i'm i'm the one behind this like i guess like in a sense like okay like that's you know that's very cool like you know something that many people don't know and i feel like a lot of people if the information is good enough they'd pay you for it like obviously there's some ethical guidelines that can be broken to get some monetary gain but like what about it is like 
oh, I, I just, I, I have to share this or like, I, I want to leak this information. Like it's different if you're it's like, oh, it's like a, a factory worker uh, or like a contractor, like someone who like is just like a, may, maybe like, oh, I'm just like a cog in the machine. Like I'm just going to leak this or whatever. Like I don't really care. But like someone who like would have this much information at Apple, this supposedly this high up, like what do you get from leaking this out to the public? I, I just don't get it. Well, yeah, exactly. And what, when you look at, say, the original iPhone, obviously there's a different era in Apple, but the original iPhone was a very small team of people. Only certain people knew exactly what they were working on. There were certain areas of, of certain divisions that were working on one part, like the OS, the other people working on the hardware. Nobody knew what the hardware looked like or the software looked like. They didn't know what the actual product was except for a very few amount of people. So, you know, if we extrapolate that to today, the people that would know the things that John Prosser is talking about, obviously they are very high up and they're very uh, knowledgeable. So again, like what you're saying, what is the benefit and why, I, unless they're like sabotaging from the end, I don't really think it's sabotaged necessarily because it doesn't really hurt the company to know these things, but it's such a weird, it's so weird. I don't understand how that works. I get it from some of the supply chain, like you said, like that makes sense, but from directly inside Apple and what seems like high up, it's it's very interesting. You know, it's cool for us because we get all this new information, but I, I don't know, I, I'd be fascinated to know, like, uh, if someone could come forward, like, 10 years later, like, someone could, like, give context and, like, That'd old leaks, like, yeah. how did this work? What was it like? Like, when, when Tim Cook finally retires as CEO and it's been, like, 20 years, like, and he can kind of, like, sit down for, like, a 60 minutes interview, like, tell me, like, what was some of the challenges? Like, I was like, oh, we had these leaking problems. Like, what was that like? So, I don't know. I, I'm excited about this Apple glasses thing. I just think it's hilarious that you have just Prosser and Grumman going back and forth on who's right and who's not, but... I just I think that's interesting. I saw a tweet somewhere. I don't know where I saw it. I can't pull it up because I don't remember where it was. But basically, uh, they both have the exact same percentage of correctness in their track record. <laughs> so they're basically like battling each other to see who wins this one. Oh, it's kind of funny. I'm curious to see. They're like both. They're like both 88 percent correct on what they predicted. I'm very curious to see. I guess we'll know in a year or so what happens with this Apple Glasses thing. But hey, I, I'm I'm still excited. I'm I'm ready to pre-order and ready to see what all the hype's about. So, and I still hope I'm holding out hope that we're actually going to see this at the uh, fall event for the iPhone 12. That would be, if any time to bring out a one more thing, this would be it. I'm ready. Whenever the day comes that it's one more thing, Apple Glass or Apple Glasses, whatever it is, uh, I am very excited to see those finally arrive. So I guess. Get that prescription checked and ready because uh, you'll need it in about a year. So we'll see. Yeah, no, I'm I'm excited for something totally new, and hopefully, I mean, like if this shakes up to be what it's supposed to be, like what Apple hopes to be, this is going to be world changing again. Uh, whether or not it's going to be that when it comes out, that's a different question. But I'm excited to see it. I want to try it, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, but we've seen nothing like this, so. Exactly. At least at a consumer level. Like if we see this and it's good, it's going to be revolutionary just like the iPhone was. So uh, that's cool. I'm ready for it. <laughs> we talked about a lot in this episode, man. Apple TV Plus, Apple Glasses, answering you guys' questions. This is a fun one. A little short on the shorter side uh, this week, but still a lot of fun. Uh, Matt, I, I think that does it. I mean, we, we hit all the big Apple stuff. We answered some questions. Is there anything you'd like to 
like to talk about before we, we part ways for another week? No, but uh, thanks to everyone that asked a question. We really appreciate that. And if you want to ask one for yourself and be featured in next week's episode, uh, that link is in the show notes. So you don't have to type out the phone number, but uh, you can uh, text us there. Give us a voicemail, whatever you feel you need to do to ask your question. Also, if you would like, and it really does help, head over to iTunes. I keep saying iTunes. It's never going to not be iTunes for me, but head over to Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star review and give us uh, your thoughts on what we could do better, what you like, all of that helps get more people to listen, and we really appreciate that. So, and I will say, I think it was, I think it was Brant's. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was Brant's who left us a nice review there. I was checking. So, thank you very much, Brant's, for the for the review. And uh, like Matt said, just uh, five stars, little message would certainly help us. Uh, but as always, guys, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back next week with another jam-packed, full-featured Apple Circle podcast.